Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Mighty Lark Podcast, episode number six. Here I am, uh, once again, painting a caddis fly and chatting along and telling you what I'm thinking and what I'm doing and trying to give you an idea what what it is and what that conversation is inside your head when you're trying to piece together a painting. Um... So, the last two mornings, I have done a Black Dancer Caddisfly, and so this morning, I determined I wanted to find another image of a Black Dancer Caddisfly. There's something about them that's just so beautiful, and I love it, and I'm just not really, not really getting to the root of it. Um, I'm trying something slightly different here than I usually do, um, to begin with, in that, well, in two ways. One, I, I don't usually do the same insect more than, you know, I, I usually do them over again, maybe, but I give some time. Um, I'll, I'll do one, you know, another 30 days later or something like that, but not the next day. Um, but here I am doing it the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And I'm wondering if, if that will give me a better understanding of how this one goes together, doing different, doing different points of view, um, you know, from different angles, if I'll, if I'll just understand this bug more, um, and I'm also just trying to push myself because, you know, um, if you draw the things, the same thing over and over again, you actually figure out what that thing is, and you stop trying to replicate that thing, you suddenly are making artwork um, with that thing as subject, but not not as limiting as maybe it is uh, when you're just drawing it for the first time. That's why you do like multiple sketches of things before you really start to get a feel for that thing, I think. Um, so at any rate, um, with this Black Dancer, I've also started using the tube of Payne's Gray, which came with my Van Gogh set, which Payne's Gray is not quite black, um, but it's certainly a darker, darker pigment than I usually work with. Um, I very much steer clear of blacks in my paintings, and I always will mix in um, varying grays. I'll do green and brown, and that'll end up getting to pretty dark if you let it. Uh, I'll do um, purples with the wrong the wrong blues mixed in, let that be a little bit darker. Um, so I, I kind of try to find things in that manner rather than using black, because I feel like black really flattens things out. Um, well, with this with this black dancer, I've been finding the last couple of days that the Payne's Gray is really, it's almost like this really, really dark bluish. There's some police going by. Um, and I'm finding some real joy in letting my pigments be really dark right now. Um, I think personally, um, it's nice to to have a little reaction to some stuff that's going on in your life, and it's been some dark times, so here I am, painting in some dark, dark tones, dark colors, so, 
I'm laying in the dark side on this uh, insect first. I also um, have abandoned my reference because my reference is on my phone. Um, and I've also painted the same thing for the last two days and the markings and colorings pretty much have understood at this point. Um, so I'm really just letting this thing be about color and and layers and form um, and kind of just using that bug as the catalyst for my piece even though it is a piece of that bug it's still it's my interpretation more than it would be if I was to just try to recreate the details of the insect um, so worked in the dark side and I really didn't let it get as dark as maybe it would be I think I'm, I'm almost thinking along the lines of how some of the impressionists would work with their you know their dark blues and whatnot indicating where it was dark and you know the warmer colors maybe indicating where it was light um, and I'm just kind of not not really using anything that wild in color variation um, but I am doing like a, a lighter gray and then a darker blue and the blue is kind of taking up where where the darks are and then this light gray which is really a brownish gray is taking up where the lights are and it, it's it's kind of it's coming together it looks very much it looks a little bit wispier than some of my pieces do and I think a lot of people end up coming back to see how the colors play against one another and so this one maybe isn't as joyous in that way as some of them are um, and I, I guess I apologize for that but I don't know, you gotta find a way to get through your stuff using what you have, and I'm using what I have to get through my stuff. So I think I'm actually going to just do the lightest, the lightest green wash in some of those. The one half of this insect just had such a shine on it, and just such bright parts. So I'm gonna do a little green wash in those spots. And that'll be, that's going to be my light in this piece. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and it's, you know, using that brown for my lighter half of the bug, when I got to the highlight, um, that green is just enough complementary to really kind of pop the, the light out, which is sort of the whole intent. Um... So then I'm getting into Bug's Mantle, which is again very dark. So I'm mixing in this Prussian looking blue. The none of my none of my watercolors are actually labeled and I have one of the pre-assembled palettes, so sometimes it's kind of a guess as to what the what the pigment might be, but I'm pretty sure it's Prussian blue. Um, that's that's what it looks like, that's what it reacts as. So um, so I'm doing a little bit darker, letting the bug's head and the mantle be darker than the body, which makes sense. Um, give it a little bit of depth. 
working some more burnt umber into that spot. Really let that build up. Give it a little bit of contrast. Let people know that not everything in the piece is this wispy color, so I definitely made those wings wispy on purpose. Gives it a little bit of contrast, gives it a little bit of emphasis, really kind of steers people the way you want them to look. Now I'm getting into the legs. There's two, two legs at the front of this bug, and it's, yeah, I sent a picture to my mother yesterday, and she said, finally you made a bug that actually looks creepy like bugs are always supposed to be. She says, I don't like it. <laughs> it's creepy crawly. So I think these legs really kind of give it that creepy crawly feel that <laughs> people feel like a bug has. A couple of weeks ago, I did one that had the color of a creepy crawly bug, and this one's this one's just black and blue and a little bit of brown. So I don't feel like that's that's that creepy. But you put these big pincer-looking things on the front of it, and suddenly it definitely becomes a little bit creepy. So laying out the rest of this insect body. The head. I'm seeing that it's got some nice contrast, some nice movement back and forth. I think that I didn't get dark enough with my first pass to really play up the contrast and give myself a defining moment between head and shoulders and wings. So I'm going back into that and working that up just a little bit. And this insect is one of the insects with the checkerboard antenna. Um, meaning it's just, it goes dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light. But I can't do it, I can't put fill it in without thinking of like a, I think these insects are like into ska or something, you know, they have like checkerboard slip-ons, but it's just their antenna. Um, so painting that in. I'm finding, too, when I first started doing these insects, I didn't do the antenna on any of them. I think it was a spacing issue, and I would start drawing this bug body, and I wouldn't be paying attention to, you know, where everything in the bug was going to fit. I didn't want the body to be too small, because I didn't feel confident doing a watercolor that was, you know, all the detail was crammed into two or three inches. And now, like, doing the antenna is, like, one of my favorite parts. So, I really kind of try to plan that in. It, it's, it's nothing that's, like, terribly complicated, um, painting-wise. But I really like it. I think it really gives a nice balance. And it's interesting to see these creatures that, like, you know, they're maybe a third as long their bodies a third as long as they are, two-thirds of them is actually antenna length. I guess that's another thing that probably makes insects creepy crawly, but I think it's really kind of cool. Just imagine if, like, we, uh, 
we were walking around and our ears were just like another two thirds of us and they were just huge, right? It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> or pretty pretty annoying, I suppose. Especially if you were like going to look for hats or something. So anyway. There's my random thought for the day. Imagine trying to buy a hat if your ears were absolutely gigantic. Like not not gigantic like grandma's, but like you had elephant ears, but you were still the same size that you are now. Whoa. So, anyway, this is a relatively quick one. Um, I'm almost done here. So, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. You can check out the, the final piece on my Instagram at mighty underscore lark. Or, I mean, the, the title page of this is the image. So, you can just look at that one, too. Um, let me know what you think. Um, let me know if there's anything that you would like me to chat about. Um, you know, method-wise method, method wise or otherwise. And I will maybe touch on that in future episodes. But for now, thanks for popping in. And uh, please listen again like next week, and I'll paint another bug for you. Alright, take care. Bye-bye.